with insights and analysis of today's rapidly shifting world. Welcome to the Cindy Gross Show, talk radio's premier Jewish woman activist, Cindy Gross, featuring exclusive interviews with today's top newsmakers and trendsetters. And now, Cindy Gross. Hello and welcome to the Cindy Gross Show, talk radio's premier Jewish women activist. I am your host, Cindy Gross. First of all, I want to wish all of you who are celebrating Easter and Passover a very happy holiday season. I really appreciate you taking the time out to listen, especially when so many of you are celebrating holidays with family, friends, and neighbors. But we have a big show tonight, so welcome into my corner and join me in my opening pearls of wisdom. We are so fortunate to be able to celebrate our holidays the way we want to in our places of worship freely and somewhat safely as compared to others around the world today. And that is why tonight's interviews with the people that are on are so important and timely. Our first interviews are with two people that have become good friends of mine because We all three were together in Kinney County, Texas last month on the border. I actually helped safety patrols catch an illegal immigrant. It's amazing. No one can describe what is going on on the border unless you actually see it for yourselves. It's not the same watching it on TV and it's not the same reading it in the newspaper. I was really scared at parts of the visit. I have to be honest. So joining me are two people that have become good friends. Sheena Rodriguez is the founder of Secure the Border. And Victor Avila Jr., who many of you know from his many appearances on Fox News and Newsmax, best-selling author, former ICE agent, and a victim himself of what happens on the border, will tell you what's going on right now, and how ending Title 42 is bad for 50 states and the end of America as we know it. And speaking of America as we know it, a big issue in the 2022 elections is going to be the power of the unions. For one thing, we know the teachers' unions are definitely going to be a topic of discussion as parents are fighting like never before to stop the failure in public schools, and to get more involved on school boards. Nobody knows that better than me, an award-winning educator in one of the longest-running lawsuits against the New York City Department of Education. And till this day, I still can't get my discovery complete, my depositions complete, and we are now over a decade into this. I was CRT before anybody even knew what it was. Mark Mix knows what it is. He is a founder of Right to Work, and I've been trying to get him on for over a month. And he's going to come on regularly now to discuss teachers unions and other unions that are so influential in political campaigns that it hurts the average taxpayer. So this is a very important show on a holiday weekend, but... Let's take the holiday, enjoy it, and get right into work. So sit back, take notes, 
and we'll see you right after the commercial. Stick around for more of exclusive interviews and news analysis. Cindy will be right back after these important messages. Just in time for Passover, Easter, and spring, Kosher CBD has what you need to ease your stress and enjoy all of the festivities. Kosher CBD is a kosher certified CBD company with something for everyone. We have Star K and CRC of Williamsburg certified on all of our products. CBD is derived from the hemp plant. However, there are no psychoactive effects. Why use kosher CBD products? products over any other brands? Quality is key. We work with a factory that has a patented formula that creates the best gum that's most enjoyable to chew. Our CBD products are all made using U.S. grown organic pure hemp. It is purely and properly extracted and lab tested to ensure we are offering the best quality. We are proud of the research we put into sourcing the highest quality products. We have four product lines. CBD line with both gums and mints. Immunity pack, gums and chewable tablets. Focus, an incredible product that combines CBD, caffeine, and theanine in the trifecta effect of focus. And pure full-spectrum CBD oils. We have four strengths so everyone can reap the benefits of CBD. Visit our website at koshercbd.com and our Instagram handle, kosherCBDofficial. Use code CINDY10 to receive 10% off of your entire order. The eight-day holiday of Passover begins at sundown April 15th through April 23rd and is celebrated by Jews around the world with two nights of festive meals, the seder, and lots of wine, four cups each night to symbolize freedom from bondage. The folks at Royal Wine Corp., the largest manufacturer, importer, and exporter of kosher wine, offers wines from all over the world in every price point. Founded in 1848, Royal Wine Corp.'s mission is to be the premier manufacturer, importer, and distributor of specialty wines, spirits, and liqueurs from around the world. The commitment to perfection and family tradition spans over eight generations and has experienced growth since its beginning. Royal's portfolio of domestic and international wines ranges from traditional wine-producing regions of France, Italy, and Spain to up-and-coming ones like Israel, New Zealand, and Argentina. Additionally, Royal Wine Corp Spirit and Liqueur Portfolio offers some of the most sought-after scotches, bourbons, tequilas, and vodkas, as well as hard-to-find specialty items such as flavored brandies and liqueurs. To find out more, visit the Royal Wine website and find out where you can pick up all your wine needs or order online with discounts on many favorites. Joining us now are two people I consider good friends. Uh, you've seen Victor Avila on Fox News and on Newsmax, and you've seen Sheena Rodriguez all through social media on the border. In fact, she is joining us from the border because the number one issue right now everybody is talking about that affects every other issue in all 50 states on local, state, and national levels is securing the border. And with President Biden wanting to end Donald Trump's successful Title 42 actions, this is going to mean chaos and harm to each one of us very shortly. So thank you for joining the Cindy Gross Show. I'm first going to introduce Victor Avila Jr. You know him as a retired ICE professional. He has a book agent under fire that he'll talk about a little bit and he'll tell you his own experiences. So Victor, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Cindy. Great to be with you. So tell us a little bit what's going on on the border. You know it better than anyone else. It is, uh, it is beyond a crisis. It is chaos. It is 
whatever you imagine the border to be, it is way worse than that. Even the people in the state of Texas where I live, I live in North Texas, and even I have to still convince people in this, our own state, that the border is at the condition that it is because, one, the media has been absent. Uh, there's no, uh, the politicians have been absent. They have created this. This is a man-made issue. This is a Biden administration, Department of Homeland Security issue, man-made by them. Uh, and let's talk policy. This is, this is all about policy because it's not about the laws. The laws haven't changed in decades. As an agent, I exercise and enforce these laws that are still on the books, immigration law, asylum law, and many others. We're going to talk a lot about Title 42 right now. But the difference here is the enforcement of these laws and the policies that have been implemented. And yes, the, the, uh, the, the Trump administration, the prior administration, what they implemented has been undone. And now we're, we've been seeing the consequences for the last uh, almost 18 months. But here's the, here's the bottom line. And, and, and you might be surprised what I'm going to say about Title 42 because Everybody's really caught up with Title 42. May 23rd is a big day. They're going to lift it. Let me tell you, Title 42 has been in effect this whole time, but it hasn't been enforced. So there really is not going to be a difference of policy because they have the, the Biden administration has been ignoring all of it. Laws, policies remain in Mexico. So what happens if if Title 42 would, it's an effect, if it really would have been enforced, like a lot of people think that it's being enforced, we wouldn't have had, in my estimate, five to six million illegals come in in the last 18 months. That's the bottom line. If Title 42 was fully uh, being enforced, we wouldn't have those numbers. What they're doing is they're sending a small amount of people back based on Title 42 and all it's doing is sending another message that the Biden administration has been sending since January 20th of 2021. Actually, I'll take that back since uh, November of 2020. Come in. The border is going to be wide open. This Title 42 uh, lifting of this policy is going to be exactly the same thing. Come on over because we have less restrictions. And they are thousands and thousands by the day sheena has great numbers and del rio's getting hit super hard eagle pass texas arizona they are coming and the mexican government is not doing their part on that other side of the border the illegals are uh throwing rocks at them they're fighting with the mexican national guard they're fighting with mexican immigration officials it is chaotic and you are you will see all those numbers all of a sudden show up in various parts of the border here in the next few weeks. So joining us also, you mentioned Sheena, is Sheena Rodriguez. She is president of Secure the Border, and she works with Victor on many projects. She is coming to us from the border, and she is going to tell us a little bit about her work and what she is seeing. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. And I'm actually coming to you from Austin. I'm getting ready to go to the Capitol. Um, our state, uh, because of Operation Lone Star, it has triggered uh, a Senate Border Security Committee. And so I will be attending uh, those meetings today and tomorrow um, to try and do all that we can here in the state level uh, to secure Texas. Well, you know, you both are talking about Texas because you're from Texas. I'm from New York, and this is having a huge impact on us. We had a gubernatorial candidate, Rob Astorino, who is from Westchester, share with Fox and Newsmax and all over the world a video that he obtained of illegals coming into New York at two o'clock in the morning And it's being allowed. So we can't just say it's the Biden administration. There has to be some accountability on the state and local levels as well. And for anybody who says this is not a 50 state issue is just fooling themselves. What are your thoughts on that, Victor? You're absolutely correct. And you're absolutely right when it comes to the state. So we all know that, um, jurisdictionally, and that's what I worked in my career is jurisdictions. This belongs to the federal government. But just because the federal government is doing nothing about it doesn't mean that the state can do something. And this is the problem that we have right now is that we uh, Arizona has stepped up, but Texas has failed to step up and say, listen, the federal government will do nothing to secure our border. We're going to do it now. They talk, and I'm talking about our governor and our uh, state elected officials and even our U.S. congressmen and women from the state of Texas. They talk as if they are securing the border. But the fact is, is they they're not. Uh, Sheena mentioned Operation Lone Star is the biggest sham when it comes to border security. And as a border security expert, I'm going to tell you this. There is great law enforcement going on in the state of Texas. They're grabbing uh, uh, human smugglers, child traffickers, drug dealers, guns, money. All this stuff is happening. But once they're already in the state of Texas, once they're already in the United States of America, that is not border security. Border security is keeping the illegals and the illegal activity from coming into our country in the first place. Yet they commingle the the that that enforcement as being border security which is absolutely not and here we find ourselves because in fact if it was border security well we wouldn't have that influx of drugs and child trafficking and human trafficking and smuggling and drugs and the meth and we're going to talk about that as how it impacts these communities all over the united states the methamphetamine problem in the united states right now is a is is dire uh montana New York. I uh, I talked to uh, people from Yonkers, New York, who have had huge criminal uh, activity, a uh, spike in criminal activity, uh, Ill- a lot of it from illegal aliens, murder rates, and all these. We're in your neck of the woods. This is happening everywhere. Nine, 59% increase in crime in 2022 in New York. And that is with a black Democratic mayor voted in with the help of Republicans because the Republicans were so inept that they couldn't find a qualified candidate to run. Now, Sheena brought up the fact that in Dallas, Texas, there is a huge crime spike. I'm hearing it in Houston. Sheena, explain to us, because people think, uh, you know, Texas, and they think what is going on there. And of course, it's going to stay red. But I'm hearing from people who live there, they're not so sure. 
I'm, I'm honestly not so sure, and I'm gonna tell you why. Actually, I'm also from North Texas. I'm from Tarrant County. Tarrant County is the last standing quote unquote red metroplex area in Texas. If Tarrant County flips, um, then the entire, the entire state flips. And if the entire state flips, we will never win another election in the United States without Texas. We just won't. We, we, there's, there's too much voting power. Um, <clears throat> the problem is, is I actually just had, uh, and I share the frustration with Victor, the same thing. I'm down there along the border um, and I come back home to North Texas and people are just living their lives as if we're not in the midst of an invasion. There is currently nothing in Operation Lone Star that is actually stopping, like he said, that is actively stopping this at the source, at the border, at the river. Um, it's all consequential, like co consequential, like afterwards. Um, I just had a meeting with a trustee, uh, one of the head trustees for Fort Worth ISD. She reached out to me um, and she wanted to have a meeting with me because she knows that this is greatly impacting our area specifically, just like everywhere else. The fentanyl overdoses have increased over 50% within Tarrant County. Um, they are seeing a huge number of gang violence in Fort Worth ISD schools. That's why she reached out. I'm talking MS-13. There's a new gang uh, that's showing up that's the ape gang. They're, they're, we're not seeing so much Crips and Bloods over there. It's these new infiltrations. There's a shift in the schools. Uh, they're seeing it. These kids are dying, not just from the drugs, but from the, the from the gang activity. And what we're about to see, they just reported that just like over 63,000, 63 or 66,000 gotaways within the last six months. And that's wow. grossly underreported. Yeah. The reason why that's terrifying is because of what they are apprehending, which is over 1 million at this point. Um, we're talking really bad people, known people that are on the terrorist watch list. We are talking MS-13, gang members, uh, child rapists. I mean, it's just through the roof. And this they're not staying in the border counties. Like you said, they're being flown. I used to live in upstate New York. I know that there's a drug problem all throughout New York. Correct. I was over there. I lived in upstate New York about 20 minutes outside of Albany in a small town called Greenville. You want to talk about the drugs? It happens a lot there. So <clears throat> it's the same thing everywhere. Every town literally is a border town. And in order to survive this, we have to go back to states like just Put your flag down. We have to go back to state sovereignty. The Constitution allows the ability for us to be able to protect ourselves. Right now, we're putting pressure on Paxton to define this as the invasion that it is. Constitutionally, if he were to do that, Governor Abbott could, by all means necessary, secure the Texas citizens and all of its territories. That's what we should be doing. And as a consequence of that, the United States would be more secure. But it's just not being done. So we're, we have a huge audience in the Midwest, in the uh, St. Louis area, in Chicago. How does this affect them? It affects them uh, directly. And let me tell you the three uh, major areas where it's going to affect them. The criminal justice system, for sure the healthcare system, and the school system. Because you have a lot of these children being put in these schools. And Sheena and I have heard about, you know, uh, in Kentucky, all of a sudden they have to add these portables because to make room for these kids. Now, you won't hear them mention them, but they're all illegal alien kids. And these illegal alien kids, not only do they need education, but they come with a lot of issues attached to that. A lot of it health issues, 
Some of them don't are illiterate in their own language. We have major, major problems that all of a sudden these communities, which here we talk about the trickling down, which in other words uh, should be at the local level. That's why we, we, we're trying to be voices for uh, to pay attention to your city council, to pay attention to your school boards, to your county judges and your county commissioners, because they are going to be making those decisions on whether or not these children that are illegally present in this country now get the first attention and your U.S. citizen child is pushed aside and and put in the back burner because the other kids come first. And that's I think uh, I'll say this um, very safely that Sheena and I are have practically had enough of that. Cindy we need has to put. So. <laughs> uh, yes, we've had, enough is enough because at one point and this has nothing to do with racism it has nothing to do with any of that we're hispanic listen uh, look look at us i i I can't i can't hide it so uh it doesn't mean that i'm uh i hate mexico or i hate my heritage It, it has nothing to do with that it has to do with i'm an american and i was born and raised in this country and i love this country i want to protect it i want to protect this sovereignty i want to protect the state sovereignty and the safety uh of our community the public safety the national security issue that Sheena alluded to. Oh my God, we have, people don't even think about that. Not only do you have the illegal immigration coming over, the high number of people with criminal histories and, uh, and criminal uh, uh, incidents coming into this country, but think about the terrorism. We have people coming in through our, the Mexican border that have been caught, the ones that we know about, that are flat out terrorists. Mexico has released some of them that they had in in custody into their country that have been on the terror watch list or no fly list. They are there. We have communities from the Middle East, from what we call special interest countries, from Somalia, Bangladesh, Yemen, in Mexico. And they infiltrate in these caravans. uh, They shave their beards. They speak a little bit of the Spanish language and they're coming in whether they're coming in and turning themselves into Border Patrol or they're being smuggled. A lot of smuggling is occurring right now, a lot. And uh, people are coming in, and that 63,000 or whatever number of uh, uh, gotaways, I don't <clears throat> believe it for a second. I think uh, the information that I got get firsthand from the Border Patrol agents is that at least for every person that is detected here illegally, there's a minimum of one or two that are not. So if we have officially a million this year, uh, since a fiscal year, October, plus if you start uh, counting since last March, we're over 2 million. We're easily at four, five, six million. Think of that number. That's larger than most cities in our entire country. And these individuals are, yes, they're invading. Yes, they're infiltrating in every aspect of our communities. And a lot of it has to do with their own uh, immigrant communities because that's where they're going to live. That's where they also victimize, not just U.S. citizens, which I have a huge problem with the, the, the victims at the hands of illegal aliens and these angel moms and angel dads, angel families, that no one pays attention to them. They, right. have, they have lost their loved one at the hands of a person that is here illegally and they are completely ignored. So you brought up a couple of great points I'm going to address. First of all, when you talk about illegals in the school system, many people aren't even aware that the school systems provide the families breakfast and lunch and shelters and extra help. You know, people say, well, everybody's an immigrant. 
yes, everybody is an immigrant. But when my great grandparents came here, the schools provided one language and no food. There was a code of discipline. And if you didn't follow the rules, you were out. Today, innocent teachers are at fault. If the kids do something, teachers can't defend themselves. The teachers union support this because they're in cahoots with the radical Democrats. They support these radical Democrats in their campaigns and endorse them and, and help finance their campaigns. So it's not just the children. It's also their entire family and friends that come along that take advantage of our schools. The second thing is the hypocrisy. You're talking about you just spoke about violence and there's uh, many organizations that discuss human trafficking and the sexual and emotional abuses, particularly of women and children. The same people that are promoting open the borders, like the people in Hollywood, they are the ones that glorify it in their entertainment and make it glamorous. So you talk about hypocrisy. We need help from the common sense Democratic voters. This isn't an R or a D issue. This is an American nonpartisan issue for anybody who has common sense. So, Sheena, share you some of your thoughts on what Victor and I just said. Not only just that, my you know my my family is actually from Puerto Rico. My husband is a first generation Mexican American. He was born and raised and went through the school system in Dallas. Dallas is extremely corrupt. And unfortunately, the, it is the children that suffer. You know, you want to talk about the hypocrisy. The hypocrisy is the idea that they care about minorities. Open borders hurts minorities the most. It, they're yes. not sending them to the affluential communities in, in nearly as, many, as much numbers as they are sending it to the already impoverished school systems, the already impoverished and drug-ridden, crime-ridden areas. That's where they're going to the most. Those are the ones Victor talked about them, uh, you know, going after the, my, if you look if you look up, I was currently reading the 2014 um, sex trafficking, it was information that was put out um, in, in the state of Texas. One thing that is consistent is illegal aliens, illegal aliens, illegal aliens. And it is there, it is already the minority communities that they flood into them and they victimize these gangs and the cartel, victimize the minority communities the most. Those are the ones that are most likely to end up being drug runners, most likely to end up in the hands of sex traffickers. Those are the ones who they can already read and write. And they're, they're not going to the promised lands, the American dream. No, they're going to be sold into modern day slavery and they're going to hold them back. That's exactly what they're doing. That is hypocrisy. If they truly cared about minorities, then they would secure the border. That's what they would do. But they're not interested in that. So the same people that are in Congress supporting reparations for black slaves from 200 years ago are now promoting slavery today for, let's face it, a lot of uh, Hispanics that are coming across the border because mm -hmm. who's coming over the most? Uh, let me tell you. And uh, at one point last year, I was in Del Rio, Texas, and I, I encountered Venezuelans, Cubans, Africans, uh, South Americans, but who am I leaving now? Mexicans and Central Americans. Not one. Not one. And so 
keep in mind that there's people coming over from all over the world, all over the world, Chinese. And they're also very, uh, I did a big case when I worked in Mexico, uh, a Chinese smuggling case that were being uh, sexually exploited in, uh, and forced labor in New York coming through Mexico. And so uh, Brazilians, uh, you have from all over the world that are coming. Yes, the majority are Mexican and Central Americans, but we have uh, right now an influx of Cubans that you wouldn't imagine uh, coming in through. And this is the problem that, and and I'll say this word because I have to say it every single time, is vetting. Right now, the United States government, Border Patrol, whoever, law enforcement agency, does not have the ability or capability or are not giving that, given that opportunity to vet the individuals that are coming in. So bad that we are releasing people from custody in these uh, border towns. As you and I speak, they just released another group this morning of hundreds, a hundred at a time, 300 at a time into the street, literally go because we don't have any room to keep them in. They're completely without any documentation to be in the United States. So above that, you know, a lot of people listening to your show might be like, well, that's all that separates them. They don't have documentation. But let me tell you why this is we're a country of laws to begin with. If you try to do this any other way to any other country, just the other way around to Mexico, that wouldn't be tolerated. But here's the key. It's not the, the it's, forget the documentation It's that we don't know what these individuals are here to do. They might claim that they're here to work. They might claim that and you might have a migrant uh, economic migrant that all they want to do is do that. But because of that serial rapist, because of that cop killer that we've had in uh, Houston area, because of the cartel member, because of the uh, MS-13 gang members, 18th Street gang, you name it all the other ones suffer and we do have a legal immigration system in our country you can go and seek asylum at a port of entry not through the river that's not the way this works it's upside down and backwards the way it's happening and this chaos i'm telling you it's beyond the numbers that are coming in we're going to see the violence increase not just at the border but we've already seen it in houston police officers killed uh 13-year-old girls being raped by an illegal alien in St. Paul, Minnesota. This is These are real stories That's that right. unfortunately are every single day occurring. Um, DUIs, illegal aliens driving, killing U.S. citizens. This is a major problem. And that at the time, if you become a victim at the hands of one of the illegal aliens, it's too late. You're going to complain all you want, but it all stems down to the border. The cartels are present in every part of our country. And these gangs that work with them in Chicago, St. Louis, Baltimore, uh, New York, Los Angeles, these gangs are tied to the cartels. And it brings the violence. It brings the, the, the property thefts. It brings the carjackings. It brings all that to the communities. A lot of people don't tie those two together. And this is what we're seeing in this crime surge happening right now in the U.S. And if I could just add to that really quick. Go ahead. Yes, please. Really quick. We, especially with what's coming over, we talked about the, the lifting of Title 42. There's already been quotes from the leaders of the caravans 
pleading to not do that because there is up to five to six million in Central and South America ready to start coming up. That's in addition to the hundreds of thousands that are still waiting in Mexico. We're seeing this massive flood. If there's one thing I think, and I think Victor, you would probably agree with me on this comment. There's one thing that we can try to portray is the importance of securing our border because until that happens, nothing else is gonna matter. We are going to, with the inflation already, through the roof, it with no end in sight, the crime going up through the roof, drugs, gangs, everything that we talked about, this country is about to be radically changed. And it is on purpose, you know, in other states as well. So secure the border.us. I'm also on Facebook, um, Facebook, but I call it <laughs> Facebook, uh, Twitter, and on Getter as well at Sheena Rodriguez, um, and also the Facebook page, Secure the Border. Uh, all of the links there to the social media are also on my website, secure the border.us. So I just, I just, Thank you so much for having us on. And I know that we, we I want to kind of encourage people because they're, they're, we have to find our voice. You talked about the, the trying to reach out to the reasonable Democrats. This is not a, part, a partisan issue. We're, we're talking about humanity. This is a human crisis issue and we're all going to be suffering. It's the people. So how do we overcome this? Oh. We overcome it with truth. So and, and get, getting active, engaged and involved and, um, and understanding what kind of action items, what we can do and how we can fight back. That's what I'm focusing on. So thank you very much. One, oh, one second. The battery just died out. One sec. It's going to be edited. One second. Uh, I just want to do a proper closing. One second. One. Okay. It should come back. I don't know what happened here. Okay. Ah. Sorry. So just say again, we're going to have it edited. Sorry. Who? All of us? No, you don't have to do all of it. Just say where you, you know, where people can reach you. So you can find me at securetheborder.us. That's securetheborder.us. That's the website. All of my social media plugs on there for Facebook, Twitter, Getter, uh, and YouTube are all on there. I focus on the legislative actions, the action items, and, and what to look out for on the city, county, and state level that can be duplicated in other cities. That's my main goal um, is to push that information and give the people power, the reasonable people power that we've talked about. That's how we fight back. That's how we win. So thank you very much. And I just want to say we were also going to talk, we ran out of time, about Latinos coming out in record numbers for Republicans. They did it for Trump. And I wonder if they're going to come out in 2022, given what's going on. We're going to have you back to discuss that. Uh, There is so much that you two do. We We love having you on. And thank you. And keep up the work. And we support you 100% here at the Cindy Gross Show. Thank you, Cindy, for having us. And thank you so much for all you do, Cindy. Thank Thank you. you. Just in time for Passover, Easter, and spring, Kosher CBD has what you need to ease your stress and enjoy all of the festivities. Kosher CBD is a kosher-certified CBD company with something for everyone. We have Star K and CRC of Williamsburg certified on all of our products. CBD is derived from the hemp plant. However, there are no psychoactive effects. Why use Kosher CBD products over any other brands? Quality is key. We work with a factory that has a patented formula that creates the best gum that's most 
enjoyable to chew. Our CBD products are all made using U.S.-grown organic pure hemp. It is purely and properly extracted and lab-tested to ensure we are offering the best quality. We are proud of the research we put into sourcing the highest quality products. We have four product lines. CBD line with both gums and mints. Immunity pack, gums and chewable tablets. Focus, an incredible product that combines CBD, caffeine, and theanine in the trifecta effect of focus. And pure full-spectrum CBD oils. We have four strengths so everyone can reap the benefits of CBD. Visit our website at koshercbd.com and our Instagram handle, koshercbdofficial. Use code CINDY10 to receive 10% off of your entire order. Prairie Street Prime is revolutionizing the luxury kosher experience by delivering Star Case certified, USDA Prime, high choice, and dry aged kosher beef, veal, and lamb right to your door. With culinary excellence, education, and community at the heart of our mission, we're demystifying kosher cuisine and empowering our community with innovative recipes and chef led tutorials that build confidence and foster fun in the kitchen. Our latest offering, dry aged beef, takes luxury kosher cuisine to a whole new level. You can currently get all of our rib-based beef and briskets dry-aged with additional products coming just in time for Passover. Each step in our process is thoughtfully curated and Star K approved to ensure your meat strictly adheres to kosher protocols. Order now at prairiestreetprime.com for delivery anywhere in the U.S. Find us on Instagram and enter our dry age sweepstakes before Monday, April 4th, 2022 for a chance to win our four bone USDA prime 28 day dry age prime rib or our USDA prime 28 day dry age tomahawk. Prairie Street Prime is your luxury kosher experience. You're listening to America's premier Jewish woman activist, Cindy Gross. Welcome back and get ready for more of Cindy's exclusive insights and analysis right here on the Cindy Gross Show. Joining us now is somebody who many of you know from his many appearances on radio and television talking about the unions and as I say, in 2022, either everybody is going out to vote or nobody is because everybody is angry and frustrated. And one of the reasons they are is because they see in the media headlines every day about some kind of corruption with unions or something's just not gelling with unions and elected officials and with the general public. So Mark Mix, thank you for joining the Cindy Gross Show. Mark is the president of the National Right to Work Committee, and he also is the president of the National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation. Tell us what is going on with unions, because we hear so many different stories. I mean, when I grew up, I always remember hearing how unions came about after the Triangle Fire Factory in New York as a way to protect people from bosses that would abuse them with not paying them and taking advantage of the time they worked and safety. But now it has become a totally different ball game. So explain to us a little bit about what you do and what is going on with unions today. 
Yes, Andy. Well, first of all, thank you for the opportunity to be on with you. It's a real privilege to be here and to be talking with you about this topic. And, you know, you're, in your intro, you're right about union officials trying to protect workers' rights. And there is a narrative that people make all the time, including union officials, about how they do that. But the problem that's developed over many, many years is that union officials have become wards of government action. And so, you know, prior to the turn of the century, you know, Samuel Gompers, known as the father of the American labor movement, he basically preached volunteerism in the union movement. He said the workers of America here to voluntary institutions. Anything else is a menace to their rights. And so that was kind of the mindset of unionists back in the turn of the century, the 18, late 1800s, early 1900s. And then they decided the city to go to Congress and get more power. And Franklin Roosevelt made that possible in the 1930s when the federal government got involved in giving union officials unique powers over American workers in the private sector, specifically across the country, saying that unions could be the single sole voice in a workplace, that you had to have the union speak for you in a workplace, that you had to join a union formally in order to work in America, that you could be forced to pay dues or fees in order to keep a job. So from the 1930s to the 1940s, you can guess, as soon as the government got involved, the unions grew astronomically. And the power that union officials gained by this federal decree, this government action, gave them incredible powers that most organizations, most individuals don't have. And so since then, basically, unions have become wards of government action. So that's why they have to play in politics. That's why they have to spend billions of dollars on political campaigns, whether it be at the local level uh, in New York City or at the national level from Washington, D.C., they've got to keep their friends in government. And you see it all over the place. And when you put government action in and you, get, and you, mirror, uh, you marry it with corruption and compulsion, it's a really bad mixture. And I think it's Senator John McClellan, the former senator from Arkansas, said it best. He said, when you have that corruption and, and collusion and coercion go hand in hand, and that's what happened to the organized labor movement. They have so much power, they don't have to pay attention to the American worker. They can say, look, pay me or be fired, and you'll listen to me or be fired, and you have no say about it. That's a pretty bad business model. It's a good business model for the union officials, but it's a bad business model for the American worker, the American taxpayer, and a country founded on a grand experiment in individual freedom. Well, I could tell you as a whistleblower, exposing what was going on in a corrupt public school system, Hmm. I know firsthand just how connected unions are with local elected officials on two levels. Number one, three of the four people, like state senator, council, assembly people, that were tied to the teachers' unions. And I should also say, we always say teachers' unions, but also supervisors' unions, because we don't talk enough about their involvement in this are either sitting in jail or were in jail and yet all were managed to uh stay you know afterwards get pensions do what they have and have jobs while i was the one who exposed everything was illegally terminated and it's just incredible and then the second situation i could tell you and this involved a republican actually so this actually does not it's nonpartisan or bipartisan uh in 2015 when i wanted to help create curriculum oversight legislation it was a republican state senator who promised to sign it and never did because he got pressure from the teachers union 
Yeah. You know, their control over local government bodies is really something that we hear about all the time. And, and you know, they know that. They have the ability to operate at the, at the smallest level of government to the highest level of government. And many people just can't keep up with it. I mean, school boards and city councils and county commissions and mayors and, and you know, and then state senators and state legislators. And, of course, New York State, unfortunately for you, Cindy, is one of the most powerfully, uh, the state has granted union officials some of the most abusive powers when it comes to public sector workers. You know, the private sector workers are covered by the National Labor Relations Act here in Washington. But New York is, is and I use this, by, I'm using my finger as a leader in, in abusive power of individual rights when it comes to government sector workers. I have a brother who's a school teacher uh, in New York State. I grew up in a small town called Alfred, way over about six hours from New York City. Um, and my brother teaches school there. He's retiring this year. My mom worked in that school district and neither of them Neither of them said he could work unless they paid the CSEA or the AFT dues or fees. My brother was voted teacher of the teacher of the county or teacher of the year for the county that he worked in, but he had to pay the union a certain amount of money in order to be in the classroom. That type of power is unique, and, and they're one of the few organizations that have it. And then they spin it out into this corruption and then attacking brave people like you. I mean, you have the courage to stand up, but many workers will not. They just sit back, they take it. And they, you know, because they don't want to make waves. It's fortunate that we have folks like you, Cindy, that will stand up and say, wait a minute, this is not right. And that's what we do at the National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation. We represent employees across the country. At any given time, we have about 250 active cases providing free legal aid to just another example came by this this past uh, March 26. I think the Department of Justice put out a press release on a Saturday saying that they had now basically captured a UAW executive, I think local 412 UAW in Warren, Michigan. He absconded with over $2 million in union money that he used in Las Vegas to buy cars and a $100,000 uh, automobile. In fact, he when they went to him, they, he fled and they had to have, we had to have 30 federal agents track him down for over a week to find him so they could bring him into custody. You know, this is another example of a guy saying, look, the money comes in automatically. I don't care what the workers need or what they want. I'm just, they have to pay me in order to work. What a great business model if you can get it. I don't recommend it, but yeah. <laughs> Mark Mix, please share with our audience where they can find you to reach out to you. I'm sure many of them are, are in similar situations or know people because this is more commonplace than people realize. Yeah, in fact, City, it's so commonplace that the Office of Labor Management Standards right now, which is under the Department of Labor, has 200, they have 292 active criminal investigations at the end of 2021. And that doesn't count all the other stuff that's going on out there that may not be on their radar screen. But workers can find us. They can find our National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation at nrtw.org. And there they can go and they can get answers to questions about their workplace rights, what's happening, what happens to them about forced union membership, forced union dues, uh, what happens during a strike, you know, how, how unions are going to basically treat them if they decide to resign union membership. And if they're interested in lit legislation, what's happening in New York or Washington, D.C., or any state where folks are hearing, hearing us today, they can go to the committee's website, which is nrtwc.org, and they can go there and find out what's happening in Washington and what legislation we're tracking. And all the legislation we're tracking, Cindy, is legislation that would give union officials generally more power over more workers to force them to pay more dues so they can elect more politicians that give them more power or bills that would roll back union power, whether at the state level or at the federal level. So nrtw.org for legal questions, nrtwc.org for legislative questions. Mark Mix, thank you so much for joining the Cindy Gross Show. Real privilege. Thank you, Cindy. 
The eight-day holiday of Passover begins at sundown, April fifteenth through April twenty-third, and is celebrated by Jews around the world with two nights of festive meals, the seder, and lots of wine. Four cups each night to symbolize freedom from bondage. The folks at Royal Wine Corp. The largest manufacturer, importer, and exporter of kosher wine offers wines from all over the world in every price point. Founded in 1848, Royal Wine Corp's mission is to be the premier manufacturer, importer, and distributor of specialty wines, spirits, and liqueurs from around the world. The commitment to perfection and family tradition spans over eight generations and has experienced growth since its beginning. Royal's portfolio of domestic and international wines ranges from traditional wine-producing regions of France. Italy and Spain to up-and-coming ones like Israel, New Zealand, and Argentina. Additionally, Royal Wine Corp Spirit and Liqueur Portfolio offers some of the most sought-after scotches, bourbons, tequilas, and vodkas, as well as hard-to-find specialty items such as flavored brandies and liqueurs. To find out more, visit the Royal Wine website and find out where you can pick up all your wine needs or order online with discounts on many favorites. Prairie Street Prime is revolutionizing the luxury kosher experience by delivering Star Case certified U.S. USDA Prime High Choice and Dry Aged Kosher Beef, Veal, and Lamb right to your door. With culinary excellence, education, and community at the heart of our mission, we're demystifying kosher cuisine and empowering our community with innovative recipes and chef-led tutorials that build confidence and foster fun in the kitchen. Our latest offering, Dry Aged Beef, takes luxury kosher cuisine to a whole new level. You can currently get all of our rib-based beef and briskets dry aged. With additional products coming just in time for Passover, each step in our process is thoughtfully curated and Star K approved to ensure your meat strictly adheres to kosher protocols. Order now at PrairieStreetPrime.com for delivery anywhere in the U.S. Find us on Instagram and enter our dry aged sweepstakes before Monday, April fourth, twenty twenty two, for a chance to win our four bone USDA Prime twenty eight day dry aged prime rib or our USDA Prime twenty eight day dry aged tomahawk. Prairie Street Prime is your luxury kosher experience. You're listening to America's premier Jewish woman activist, Cindy Gross. Welcome back, and get ready for more of Cindy's exclusive insights and analysis right here on the Cindy Gross Show. Wow, the hour has flew by, and just like that, we gave you food for the brain. You've been eating tons of food for the holiday. You forgot about diets, calories, keto, or low-fat. You forgot about plant-based because the best food for thought is knowledge. And you have plenty of knowledge tonight. Let me know what you think. And please reach out to me about future guests you want to hear from. On next week's show, you're going to meet one of our listeners and followers, just like you, who actually wrote to me and share their thoughts, and they're going to share them with you. Please reach me through my social media at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, through our website, cindyscorners.com, and listen to us. Download us. We're streaming worldwide through Jewish Podcast out of Jerusalem, through iHeartRadio and Spotify, Podbean, 
Google and Apple Podcast, and of course, always through Talkline Radio Network and Real Talk Radio. Have a very good week. Enjoy the rest of the holiday weekend, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for joining today's Cindy Gross Show, America's premier Jewish woman activist. Be sure to download Cindy's next show, as well as previous ones, available internationally on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and in Israel on Jewish Podcasts. See you next time on The Cindy Gross Show.